Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. Today's first reading is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, though Jesus, through, even through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will be by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some more for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you watch most of the television you watch on a streaming service? Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, something like that. How many watch most of your TV that way? Kristen and I watch most of our TV. Almost everything we watch is on some streaming service. But we've, we have an antenna at home. And recently, when Kristen's pumping in the morning, she's been watching Little House on the Prairie reruns. And of course, because we're watching it on regular television, it has commercials. Lots and lots of commercials. It is amazing how many commercials you can fit into a one-hour show. And as you watch, it's pretty obvious that we are not the target demographic for the commercials on Little House on the Prairie at 7.30 on a weekday morning. 
I'm not quite sure if they show the same commercial actually three times in a row, or if it's literally a commercial that has the exact same message three times in a row, but I'm well aware now of how important it is for me to call for my Medicare supplement insurance. Again, because of the demographic that they are convinced are watching Little House, almost all of the ads are Medicare supplement insurance, some sort of drugs ask your doctor about, or life insurance and financial planning over and over and over. One of my favorite commercials that we've seen repeatedly starts out, if you're watching this commercial, there's a good chance that you are alive. And then it goes on to point out, someday you will not be watching this commercial anymore. And to be prepared for that day when you are dead and no longer watching this commercial, they want you to buy life insurance. And I don't have a position on life insurance, not what I'm here to talk about. But I do think that that company and several others could use some of today's Bible verses to help them in their sales pitch. And it might even fit with the demographic that watches Little House on the Prairie at 7.30 on a weekday morning. Psalm 90 actually puts a number on it. Verse 10, the days of our lives are 70 years or perhaps 80, if we are strong. Even then, their span is only toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. I've never seen that verse on a Hallmark birthday card. But it continues, so teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. Because there's wisdom in recognizing that truth, that life is temporary. A lot of the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible is about exactly that, pointing out the foolishness of living just for this world and ignoring the reality that death will eventually come. And none of us like thinking about that, right? Modern medicine means even 80 is not really all that old. I know plenty of people who are 90, 100, but we have not yet figured out how to cheat deaths. So, and here's what you all came to church today to hear about, right? Someday you are going to die. And today's reading from 1 Thessalonians wrestles with that truth. So in this passage, we get to listen as the Apostle Paul addresses a particular issue that's come up in the early church in Thessalonica. And specifically, this community of Thessalonians is wrestling with the reality that Jesus has not come back yet. These are early Christians who had seen Jesus be killed and then rise from the dead on Easter. So they knew that he had defeated the power of death. They knew that he had won the victory. But now they're waiting. And after Jesus ascended into heaven, they figured that they had a little bit of time to spread the good news and build the church. And in fact, the church had been growing quickly. The book of Acts tells us the church's witness. More and more people were constantly being added to their number. And now these early Thessalonian Christians are expecting Jesus to return soon in glory. Get this whole kingdom of heaven thing kicked off. Jesus had said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they knew that he was the king. So where was he? And they waited and they waited and they waited. And years passed and then decades passed. And these young, excited, early Christians started to get a little bit older. And some people in their congregation, in their community, were even dying which is not what they were expecting, not what they signed up for. It's not so much here that they're losing faith or giving up on Jesus, but they're concerned about their loved ones. 
What if Jesus comes back tomorrow? Will Grandma not get to be a part of God's kingdom because she died too soon? For obvious reasons, this is distressing. And so they write to Paul and ask for help. And in this letter, Paul gives them some encouragement for their waiting, for this in-between time, which, of course, you and I are still in today. As Paul says, he does not want them to be uninformed about those who have died so that they may not grieve like those who have no hope. And I love this verse because I can't imagine what it's like to grieve with no hope. I truly don't know how people process the reality of death, losing a loved one, without having faith in some sort of afterlife. Death and suffering are hard enough for us as Christians to cope with, and we have the promise of life beyond death. And our grief is real, and our sorrow is real, and it's tough, and it's sad. But for Christians, there is always the promise of resurrection. But these Christians, even though they believe in Jesus, they're still wondering about their friends and their family who have already died. And so Paul writes to them and says, Since we believe Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. God will bring along those who have already died. Death is not an obstacle for God. We who are alive, and of course, looking back 2,000 years later, we know that all the people in the story died as well, but Paul's point is still valid. We who are alive will by no means precede those who have died, which means you don't get a head start into heaven because you're still alive when Jesus comes back. And Jesus is going to come back. And it might be tomorrow. It might be another few years. It might be centuries or millennia. But Jesus is coming back to earth. The kingdom of heaven is coming. We know what we are waiting for. We have hope, a living hope, and a promise to sustain us. And this section about death ends by saying, therefore encourage one another with these words. Paul's talking about the reality of death, but it's not a threat to get you to buy life insurance. It's a promise of hope. As we prepare for our time on earth to end, we trust in God's promise of resurrection. In the gospel reading, Jesus tells a parable with a similar point. There's a wedding celebration, but it turns out not everything is going according to plan. And the bridegroom is late, he's delayed. And some of the bridesmaids, as they're waiting, run out of oil in their lamps. And when they go to buy more oil, they miss the bridegroom's arrival and they're shut out of the wedding banquet. But other bridesmaids, the wise ones, Jesus says, they are more prepared. They have brought extra oil with them, so they get to accompany the bridegroom into the feast. And the moral of the story is to keep awake, therefore, because you know neither the day nor the hour. We don't know when Jesus will return. We don't know when our time on earth will come to an end, but we know for certain that one of those things is going to happen. Both of them are going to happen. One of them is going to happen first. And we should be ready for either Jesus to return in our lifetimes or to die and be raised on the last day to eternal life with him. And so the question becomes, what do we do in the meantime? The Sunday school kids were talking about this. How do we get ready for Jesus to come back? How do we keep awake 
as we wait? What does it mean to be prepared? And that, of course, is a stewardship question. Because remember, stewardship is our call to tend everything God has trusted to us. And so stewardship has to do with how we spend the time that we are given in this world. In the story, the foolish bridesmaids were unprepared. They didn't plan ahead, and so when something unexpected came up, they were not ready, and all they could do is react. If you're a member here at Living Hope, you received a letter a few days ago asking you to fill out a card to plan ahead and estimate your giving for next year so that as a church, we can be prepared and know what we have available to fund this work that we do together. And there's other ways we could raise money, right? One of my favorite fundraising stories, I think I told council this the other week, one of my favorite stories is a church where the pastor announced we're going to be asking for new commitments for some project. Would anyone willing to make a $5,000 pledge stand up during the next song? And the accompanist is going to play a song on the piano. And she sat down and immediately started playing the Star Spangled Banner. That's a joke. Because you stand up... Wow, that fell flat. (laughs) Sometimes we are moved by emotional appeals. Sometimes someone gives a great speech, not this one apparently, but someone gives a great speech, (laughs) thank you, and asks and presents a cause and we're moved and that's okay. Sometimes the Holy Spirit moves us to spontaneous giving. And I hope that you've experienced moments like that when you've learned about some cause or some need and you've been moved to respond. But I want to suggest to you this morning from these readings that good stewardship is more than just those spontaneous emotional responses. That word steward means a caretaker or a manager, and part of being a good manager is planning ahead, preparing, right? God entrusts us with time, talents, and treasures and calls us to use them wisely. We don't know how long we have. We don't know everything the future holds. And so we are called to act here and now with intention, not overreacting to everything that comes up in our lives or in the news, not swinging wildly back and forth without direction, but managing what we have for the long term, for eternity. Good stewardship involves planning ahead, regularly, faithfully giving, It's making a commitment in advance and then sticking to it. Wise giving involves intentionality. And so we prepare a budget as a congregation because it's important to plan ahead, to make the most of what God has trusted to us. We make commitments for the future out of joy, not out of fear. And of course, being prepared and having a plan then allows for spontaneity. When we are wise stewards of our time and our resources, we are then able to respond when needs arise, when opportunities to make a difference come up. And that's true for us as a congregation and, of course, as individual followers of Jesus as well. So precisely because we do not know the day or the hour, because we do not know the future, we ought to plan ahead, to be prepared. The world will never quite match our plans. We're not the ones in control. We cannot plan for everything, no matter what the commercials say. But we are prepared because we, (coughs) excuse me, because we know the one who holds the future. We know the end of the story. 
We hold on to the promise that Jesus is coming back. We cling to the promise that our citizenship is in heaven. That this world is not all that there is. And then we use those promises as fuel for our work in this world to make a difference here and now with our time and resources that God has trusted to us. Faith sends us out into the world knowing that our future is secure. Keep awake. Count your days. Live in hope. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.